Welcome to the seventh and final episode of Your Time in the Run, the Hunted Podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me for the final time this season is my fellow Brit who demands that he gets pizza every time he sets up camp in someone's back garden, Anthony Williams. And the Australian who hates her family almost as much as production of this show evidently hate the rules, Michelle Pierce Denovan. Mm. That should set you up for how how happy I am with some of the production choices in this episode. You know what, I am so glad this podcast is ending, because this whole thing of yours will... No, it won't, Michelle, because Hunted UK is back. (laughs) I know, but I haven't said that about Hunted UK. You have to wait till I actually say something about, you know... But, Michelle, it'll be our third season, and, you know, we've got to have some running jokes, and the running joke that is your love of your family, apparently, it's going to keep going, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm going to have to do something to you. I dread to think what you could do to me, Michelle. Yeah. Given that you don't have my uh, contact details anymore, thankfully. I do. That's fine. I can do stuff. <laughs> you shut your whole mouth out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'm not willing to Good. divulge anything. But for $500? <laughs> it would be $500 Australian, which is £3, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't they still plastic. use shells as a bathroom tool in Australia? I like the plastic. It doesn't... But vegetarians don't like it over here. No, they're really angry. They need to find another food source. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> expensive eating money. It's just not good. Stick to the tacos. I don't know why people thought it would be a good idea to try and eat a five-pound note. I have no idea. But if you're a veggie, you can't. So maybe that was the idea. They last longer because people can't In eat the them same way much. that I don't know why people have been licking the Nintendo Switch cartridges just to see what they taste like. That's it so is. Disgusting. Apparently, Nintendo have made them deliberately taste disgusting so that kids won't eat them. So obviously, people had to test this. I have not done it with mine yet, deliberately. Yeah, you say this. Ask him for a friend. I'm yeah, sure Logan will probably try when he comes back over here in a couple of weeks. Hmm. So, did a good job of the no yeah, diversions. Yeah, yeah. That no diversions rule was an a distinctly off-air concept. So, <laughs> are we quite happy with the result? Is the first question. Yeah. I am. I'm happy in a couple of ways. So I'm really happy that the Wolves won, and we wanted them to, and we kind of knew they would. I'm. I'm really happy that I got a bit blindsided, and I. And I that we were so wrong. Yeah. yeah, so wrong. I love being wrong because there is nothing more disappointing than me watching a finale and it just panning out exactly the way I thought it was. So I was delighted when but they made it. Such an odd winners edit. Bizarre. Really so it, weird. nothing, nothing like a winner's edit at all. Not even a smidgen. Like it, we didn't see them half the time. And what what I gather from that is that they were so off grid. The hunters had nothing. Yep, that's to what gain. I'm taking from it. They they couldn't glean anything from where they were, so they couldn't even put them on the show. And that that's amazing in itself. I just, I, I just couldn't believe it because they just weren't featured. No, nope. massive kudos to them. Apparently, they stayed in South Carolina the they whole time. They jumped fourteen days this episode. Yeah. So yes. N- nothing of consequence could have happened. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was delighted that they made it. Um, very, very weird edit, and and there's some stuff even in this episode that I think is really weird and. My my getting angry bit is probably going to be very different to yours, but there was a bit that just really annoyed me. And it was you guys know guys. full well where my angry bit is going to come because it's coming 
over the entire production values of this episode. And I apologise to anyone in production who is listening, but what on earth are you playing at? (laughs) Genuinely, what the actual... Oh, we will. We'll get to that. I can feel a rant coming on. Oh dear. I know. I'm usually so calm and measured in both my work and uh, my podcast life. Come on, let's break it down. We begin with the most shocking thing of the entire episode, which is that Pennywise speaks. (laughs) I think we did get a line last week, but yeah. We actually opened the episode by hearing his voice. Indeed. Which actually I was thinking about, that that is really odd. But what we don't seem to have mentioned, and is probably just as true, is we don't get to hear a lot from Hilmar. No, I was thinking that. Hilmar is the only person of the winners who doesn't get a final word. And final words are very Mm. important to winners' edits. Yeah, and um, yeah, throughout the series, he's not said an awful lot. I think he's been absolutely pivotal in the whole thing, but just obviously didn't get so such no. good sound bites. And he was on a team with a bona fide star in Lee, so, so that probably sucked away true. a lot of the airtime. So previously, eighteen people took up a life on the run. Without warning, they were sent away, tricking the hunters and fading into the background. Well, most of them did. Six teams were caught, leaving Arifin Imad, Leon Hilmar, and Pennywise and Henry VIII. The Wolves taunted command, Arifin Imad used a distant network of associates, and Pennywise and Henry VIII didn't seem to understand that when Amber says no, she means no. <laughs> There's your previously for this week. <laughs> okay. I couldn't be bothered doing what I did for the UK, the second UK one of recapping everyone's captures. Oh, well, I'd, no, I'd, planned, I'd planned to go and chill out for the next ten minutes. I like it, but because now? the season wasn't done chronologically... It would have been in a bit of a weird order. It wasn't logically possible, as much as I would have loved it. So, Command found out about Pennywise and Henry VIII's UNC network, and they put out wanted posters and sent Alpha to call around. Yeah, what a surprise. Let's just use Team Alpha for a change, because it's not like they've been overused in this series at all. Well, they are Team Alpha. I did like this. Well, yeah, absolutely. They, they maybe that's it. They have maybe to be when they, yeah, maybe when they're looking for a team, <laughs> they always start at the top of the list and they go Alpha. Yep, got them. Yeah. Oh, that's it. It's fine. Leave the rest. That's why we haven't. Yeah, seen I was going to say that would explain a lot. Uh, but no, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this. I, I think we could have a whole spin-off series just of Griff calling people. Just a whole new thing. Just like I don't know, you know, a bit like carpool karaoke. It's just Griff dialing people randomly. It was great. I loved it that Meredith. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you anything. Okay, I'll tell you everything. I've not seen her in eighteen years. But she said, you know, they do the same type of work. Does that mean they don't actually work closely? Does that mean they work? They're university friends, so she's probably not seen her in about twenty years, like uh, like the lady from last week. Yeah, five five hundred dollars. Seriously, I know it's not a lot, is it, to sell someone? No. Just goes yeah. to show you cannot trust even people you've not seen for nearly twenty years. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I, I'd still stand by this. I wouldn't give anyone up for five hundred dollars. God, you're ruining Same. the game. The game is more Depends. worth more than that. No, it doesn't. You just there is a strategy. Yeah. What? Get the five hundred dollars so you can go buy. A well, TV. that as well, but also <laughs> the fact that if you were good enough friends with the fugitive. Maybe you get some fake information and agree to give that for five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. but they, you don't know when they get it, do you? They don't. They're not going to pay it out straight away. It's five hundred dollars if it's useful, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is in the probably. UK, but I'm not sure about the US one because Griff did say he'd ring her back to arrange the details of the transfer of the monies. Mm, anyway, so yeah, though. Meredith tells Griff far too much information even before she's offered five hundred dollars. I'm getting mm-hmm. the hint that maybe her and Henry VIII were rivals. Yeah, do you think? That's what it is. Do you think maybe uh, maybe. maybe Meredith had a fling with Stephen and it all went a bit? Oh, could be. God, that's going a bit far. <laughs> uh, well, we've got to invent a backstory, Michelle, because we certainly didn't get one. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> she did give up a lot of information um, even before she was offered the five hundred dollars. I think Griff yeah, probably could have offered her about ten dollars, and she still would have gone. Go on, then. <laughs> I didn't like her before, anyway. <laughs> I've got a two-for-one coupon at Taco Bell. Yeah, some yeah, of my friends been... got it when, uh, when when they were caught about two weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah, she really does tell Griff everything, including that they were staying with Tommy and Annie. Yeah, Mount Pleasant. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I don't get these informers. But anyway, it's, it I. seems like in the whole of the four weeks that were on the run, this is probably as yeah. close as they got. There was a little bit of creative editing in the, the final escapes. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and Tommy and Annie also say far too much when they are interrogated. Yeah, they, they, I don't really know why they need to tell them about that they've, they've not got devices on them. What's? It seems oddly specific to tell people. Maybe that was taken out of context. Maybe they'd been asked about whether they had any devices on them. Yeah, yeah, probably. And it, it just fits the narrative, doesn't it? But that is also a great tactic. So kudos to Pennywise and Henry VIII. I know we've been a little bit hard on you. Assuming you would get caught for three weeks. We have, but that's... I, I was thinking about this. That's not our fault. That's production's fault for setting them up with zero interest whatsoever. When actually, mm. if you start to think about how they must have got to the end, they've made some really good moves. Really good moves. We just didn't see them because production see couldn't see them. You know, exactly. Well, production could, but the hunters couldn't. And I just because of the way she acted on that first or, or whether it was the first night or first couple of nights, I just thought, oh, God, she's going to mm. go. But obviously she's just really emotional all the time mm. <laughs> and that's just her. She's like the anti-Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just cares too much. Yeah, r- rather than stone-cold killer, as Michelle will be on Australian Survivor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and... She also manages to begin the smuttiest episode of Hunted ever, because she asks whether a farmer wants to give them a ride, and then there is some filth from some of the hunters a little bit later on. (laughs) Only in your mind, I think, because I didn't see any of it. I missed it. I missed this. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) I also loved that Griff did call Meredith sweetie. (laughs) Southern charm. That's what it is. Yeah, I bet Lee was watching that and really jealous that Griff had never called him sweetie. Yeah, I bet. And now on to Arif and Imad. And they tipped off command with an ATM hit, and this led the hunters to Sam Huff. Yeah, and uh, in the, the now tradition of Hunters US, it becomes very apparent very quickly that this is the team that isn't going to make it. Especially as they released this clip. Yeah, definitely. Gave it, gave it away a little bit. It became a little bit obvious. Yeah, which is a shame, because they could have played it very differently, I think. But it's it's been the way all the way through, hasn't it? Once we've locked on to someone that's getting caught, it becomes abundantly obvious that they're not getting anywhere. 
so sad. And it was. It was so sad. I still think these guys have they put in so much effort and really, really played it well, I think, um, and just been unfortunate that the Hunters have picked up on their system, which is a good system, but oh well. To the credit of the editors, this was the first genuinely tense capture of the entire season. Mm-hmm. There was some, mm. there was some tension to it, yep. Oh, yeah, my heart was going. They were hiding, and I'm thinking, move. And I'm, I'm looking up at the rafters of the roofs. I'm thinking, can you get up there? <laughs> you can get up there. You're good. Um, and But someone mentioned on Facebook or Twitter, why were the hunters allowed to climb the fence and actually trespass? Mm, good, good spot. That's something, yeah. Probably for the same reason that Arif and Imad could hide there. But no one else, but but if you think about it, they have to knock on doors to get into a house. They can't suddenly just break into a house. So why have they broken into a block of land? But there will be a rule that says you, you have to be allowed somewhere to be able to go there. Whether that is in a house, and in that case, if you're in the house, then all, the homeowners will sign a release to say that if the hunters ask to come in, they're allowed in. But that that would have been yes, that would have been close, close family, close friends. They didn't know this person initially. They didn't. They wouldn't have had him on the list when it started. For Arif and Imad to be able to hide there, though, they would have needed the permission, and that permission then has to be granted to the hunters as well. Yeah, not explicitly, but it'll go. You mean before the whole show began? No. As as it goes along, Arif and Imad wouldn't have been allowed to stay in the abandoned farm without the hunters also being able to investigate it as necessary. They what? it won't have, it won't have been specific because otherwise you get to a point where the hunters are in the right location and can't make the capture and that is not fair to the hunters. But then why didn't we ever see Stephen in English because they were obviously staying places and they didn't have to tell production where they were. They probably did tell production where they were but command didn't have any idea of where they were. It all boiled down to gold command again. Gold command will have had the permission and told them that they were allowed to investigate that location, but only when but they asked. Doesn't mean you can get in. But only when they asked specifically. Should... Yeah, no, Arif and Imad wouldn't have been able to stay in the abandoned farm if there wasn't a way for the hunters to get in. Yeah, otherwise you just go to the Chilean embassy and hide out for two years, right? Or the Ecuadorian embassy. Yeah, whatever. Well, that's that one's full already. I mean, I know in your extensive experience of getting away from police, Michelle, you you like to think about these things, but. In this case, there will be a ruling place. There definitely will. Yeah, I just, I just didn't like that, that they could just jump in because I thought, oh, hang on, they won't be able to get in. They can just stand outside for 48 hours till they come out again. But no, they just no. went on in. Straight in there. Yeah, I think Michael's right. I think if they've got permission to be there, it automatically transfers to anyone who's on the show, I guess. Bit of a shame. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a bit unfair to offer them a cop sandwich while they know that they're fasting. That's such a dad joke. <laughs> I know. It literally just occurred to me when I saw it on the on my page. <laughs> but it, again, they give too many clues away of what's going to happen because we get Arif saying, "Oh, they won't catch us here. There's no way they can find us here this quickly." And you just know what that means. It's it's going to happen in the next few minutes. And incidentally, talking of the next few minutes, did anybody clock at exactly what time the first team in this episode got caught? I didn't. Really? No. Was it 12 was... minutes by any chance? Uh, well, I think you'll find I said 14 14 minutes. was it? 
And at the point where we hear, I got them, the timestamp on, on our version, which doesn't have the ad breaks, was 14 minutes and one second. And the, and the official capture times, therefore, were 14 minutes and 11 seconds and 14.16. However, the sweepstakes that we had was, what time will Pennywise and Henry VIII get caught? And the correct answer was, not at all. So we're all losers. <laughs> I, think, I, I thought we said it was the first team to get captured in this episode. No, we said it was Pennywise and Henry VIII. Uh, How long yeah. will Pennywise and Henry VIII last on the run? Oh, well, I got closer. But... <laughs> For a special Michael point, what three teams are involved? Uh, I gave up with the team <laughs> names. I got bored of the team names. Uh, John and Vinny were there. India, Team India, I'm thinking. Or was it Charlie? Oh, I get them all. They're stupid names. I get them mixed up. I expected you guys to at least take a note of this, given that how terrible you guys were at the, the game yeah. we played in week three. It's a, it's a stupid idea giving them names. Just call them their names. <laughs> but the correct answer was actually Charlie, Golf, and India. Yeah, okay. So Ant gets two-thirds of a Michael point. Despite deliberately trying not to notice. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what the most egregious thing about this entire bit was? It was Sherlock saying Hello. sell. It was what? <laughs> Sherlock saying sell. Yeah. Ugh. Have some self-respect, man. Say mobile <laughs> phone. You're British. Yes. And later, some of the Americans called it a mobile. Yeah, I did notice that. I thought it was odd. Why did he call it a cell? Stop it with this Americanness. Too much time out there. Yeah, Michelle hates Americans. <laughs> oh, God. That is sad. I heard she's got some family in America that she really, really hates. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. I have no family in America. <laughs> but if you did, you wouldn't love them. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I don't know why it is so fun perpetuating this myth. Neither do I. Neither do I, Michael. But it is hilarious, which is all that matters. Oh, my God. I'm looking at bacon. I'm looking at bacon. Now I can only think about bacon. <laughs> oh, my God. Go on to something else so I can stop thinking about bacon. Do you remember the no tangent rule? <laughs> oh my God, I've got bacon. Bacon. <laughs> bacon. Oh my God. Okay, where were we up to? Lee and Hilmar. Not yet. Uh, so Sherlock gets Mike to monitor Sam's phone, and they are literally sending everyone out because it's Charlie Gulf in India. And one thing I did notice is that Not Blacks hadn't spoken for two episodes. <laughs> What's the point at this stage? I think even the production crew have given up on him. He's, he's only good at when people set out. That's the only thing he can do quite well. We got another team out here. I want them caught within 28 days because that's the idea of the show. And that's it. He just disappears again then. You know how Black's replaced the original chief after mm. the first series? Probably Brett, because, wasn't he called? Yeah, probably because Brett was a bit useless. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe there'll be another import for season two. Mm, I, I can't see him doing that, but I could see them promoting Sherlock or Teresa, actually. Yeah, yeah, Teresa's more likely. I think Sherlock's a bit too much fun to yeah to promote too much. Yeah, Teresa could take over. And the problem is, if Sherlock gets promoted, then for Series Four of the UK one, he'll expect to be the new Blex, and Blex will say, "Not on my watch. Nobody replaces me. I am the chief of the answers, and he always <laughs> will be. Blex for president. Hey." <laughs> Make Hunter President, great again. Prime Minister. 
Justice for Blacks. <laughs> and yeah, Arif and him, I'd get a little bit confident. And it is a genuinely tense capture. And Roxanne, off of India, finds all of Arif and Imad's supplies. They escape on foot. Golf literally walked past them, but thanks to India, their time in the run is over. Mm, sad. Sad times. It is. Sad. But not what surprising. I, th- I think this is the one edit that, that was kind of true, wasn't it? We we knew all along they couldn't possibly win. They're, they're the plucky tryhards who didn't quite make it. Disappointing final capture, I believe I described them as, and disappointing final capture they are. They are. But well done, guys. You you played it really well. A gold sticky star to both of you. Mm-hmm. In fact, two, because you were fasting at the same time. Yeah. So you get two thumbs up. <laughs> and Lee and Hilmar are on day 25, and the final two teams get the extraction information on day 26. And the final extraction has three stages, and this is the point where I'm about to start ranting, so strap in. So they have to log into a secure website to get their escape details on day 26. And then on day 28, head to a bank, withdraw the cash, and escape on foot to the vehicle, in this case, a plane. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, hunters are told everything. Yeah, I have a slight issue with this. Yeah, but <laughs> before we get to that, though, Hilmar was wearing a visible mic pack as he yeah. got into the car. Yeah, I did notice that. Uh, which which is probably one of the very few times that they've kind of broken the fourth wall. Actually, they've been good at it. We haven't seen many stray camera people. No, yeah. we we did see a stray camera person in this episode as well in a reflection. Mm-hmm. But it's been pretty pretty well managed. But here's, here's my issue, and it's going to be nowhere near as big mm-hmm. as yours, so let me get mine out of the way. Why go to the length of telling us it's a secure website when the one thing it isn't is secure? Because it tells the hunters where they are. That's it. Um, that's out of my system. Just don't call it a secure website when it's a website that's basically a trap. Michelle, have you got anything to say about this before I rant? Um, well, they didn't have to do it in the UK. They didn't have to tell the hunters anything like this. So why why are they doing it here? I think it's a little bit, oh, let's give them a chance. Let's give these poor hunters a chance because they haven't been able to see these guys for, you know, days, weeks. But I just think it's a little bit... I just it's just silly giving the the hundred mile radius and and fine give the bank but then why would they have to go on foot it gives the hunters a chance to catch up that's just I find it really annoying you you can continue this yeah basically my point is what on earth is the point of the first 26 days mm-hmm. because if you have the final two days where the hunters know exactly where you are going to be starting from and then two days later exactly where you are to within about three miles. What on earth is the point of the first 28 days? What on earth is the point of proving that you control the hunters or hide from them for 26 days when it's all going to go to shit on day 26? It is purely a TV move, and this is the one TV move that I will argue was completely wrong. It's so unfair to the fugitives that the hunters get their exact location twice in two days, and it is utterly pointless. And, to top it all off, in the UK... You have to bear in mind, they had to sneak under the hunters' noses to all come to the same location to find out where the extraction point was a week before the final extraction, then go back to where they were without the hunters knowing, and then the hunters only knew it would be either air, sea, or rail. Rather than that, in the US, they get a 100-mile radius, which they didn't have in the UK. They still had to work out where it was. They get their exact location that they are starting from, on the same minute, there isn't even the half-hour head start, like or the hour head start like there is in the UK, and at the start of uh, the US one. And on top of that, they get the knowledge that it is air. So all they have to do is work out where 
the nearest airports to Atlanta are within 100 miles, and they can basically capture them. And they have nine teams to do this. Exactly, and they can pull their teams in certain areas. So the teams don't even have a chance. I mean, they can pull their, their teams like Alpha, and, and but then what? I just don't get it. It's uh, so unfair. I mean, fine with all the other rules. They need them. They need them to produce the show, and they need something to go by. And obviously Stephen and English got around these rules and did really, really well. But this rule in the last two days is just ridiculous. It's such a shitty production decision. Mm. There's this part of me that thinks maybe this is just US being more transparent because did it not seem a little bit odd that David Toddington managed to find the boat in the last series in the UK and narrow it down to exactly the right location? There was there was a lot of people very, very suspicious about how they got that information. So maybe this is just them being a bit more open that, yeah, we do tell them where the final extraction point is. Maybe, but also... There's ways of doing it that the UK is very good at that are a bit more subtle. Yeah, and I would say that's that is one of the many differences between the two. Is the UK show is a lot more subtle, whereas the US one is everything has to be in your face and over-explained to the nth degree. It's basically the difference between using a pen to write something and a sledgehammer. Yeah, pretty much. Lots of lots of sledgehammers in this show. Yeah. It just annoys me. And I know I am predispositioned to love the UK one and not love the US one as much. But the US one has been so good for the first six episodes that I'm really disappointed that they did all this unnecessary shit in the last one. Yeah, and here's here's where I'm kind of with you on... I don't necessarily think that these things are too, too helpful to the hunters. But given that, ultimately, they get away... There is no need to show this. All this does is annoys people and says, oh, it's unfair, it's too easy for the hunters, when actually they'd have been better off not mentioning some of this stuff and us going, hunters weren't that good then. I don't know what the benefit is in telling the audience this stuff. The only reason that I can think of them doing this is to stop the fugitives saying that this was done in post-show interviews. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. Because they are doing the rounds. Mm-hmm. With some reputable organisations and some less reputable ones. Yep, this is true. Yeah, maybe. Again, back to transparency, isn't it? It does feel like um, throughout this whole series that they've had to be a lot more explicit about the rules of the game than they were in the UK one. Um, and maybe this is just another part of it. They just have to say more. They just have to be, really explain what's going on. Um, I do think it's a shame. I think you're right. It does kind of mess up the first 26 days. If All they've got to do is sit and wait and see where they are on day 26 and work from there. What's the point of the previous 26 days other than they did capture a few teams? Yeah, it it just frustrates me that I have defended production so much this season and that they just do this unnecessary stuff at the mm. right at the end. Mm. I was more annoyed about the automatic ping because they got the money out of the bank that annoyed me because there is no technology there i get atms because you can track it this well it's not a bank account it's a safety deposit box they are traditionally used because they are secure and you can't find out information yet they then do the exact opposite and someone tells hq that they've taken the cash out that annoyed me and again that was totally totally unnecessary it's a great tv move to have them carrying the cash to the plane it's not a great move to have that flagging to the hunters and they're so close to the end at that stage that 
either they're going to catch them anyway because they're heading to the right location or they're not. There is Telling them which bank at that point when they're at maximum three miles away from the extraction point makes no difference whatsoever. That's the cherry on top of the shit Sunday that was <laughs> the rules of this show <laughs> in the last episode at least. And I, I love a lot of stuff that they did. I think they have been very good at telling a lot of the stories, but between Pennywise and Henry VIII just dropping off the face of the earth for 14 days, which would never be heard of in the UK one, they'd at least try and show their winners, even if they disappeared in the middle of the woods for 14 days. Yeah, which, but they which... can't try and show them if they can't even find them. <laughs> no, but the, the, that's what happened with Nick, I suspect, isn't it? And that's where we got lots of scenes of Nick merrily walking through fields and visiting places from his childhood and talking to his camera person because we had to know that he was still on the run. This just didn't work for me. They did this with Troy and Shelley, though, as well. We still saw them camping in the middle of the Florida swamps, mm-hmm. even though they were just spinning wheels, basically, until they get caught. Mm. Yeah, I have no idea why they haven't shown anything, even if it's just the odd confessional of them saying, ooh, we're feeling a little bit tense, but things are going fine. That would do for me. They made an active choice not to show anything of Pennywise and Henry VIII, and I want to know why. Yeah, there's there's got to be a reason for it, you know. There's only two reasons I can think of. One is that the footage was just incredibly boring. Mm. And the other is that there was a technical issue and they lost the footage. I'd, I'm, I'd be happier with the second one. Because, you know what, it's a, it's a TV show. They can they can make things happen, can't they? You know, we've had, in the UK when we had scenes of um, the Yorkshire girls listening to the announcement on their radio, that's a bit of a coincidence that they just happen to be listening to the right station at the right time. Of course, production have told them, switch the radio on. So I'm sure if they'd have gone a week without anything interesting, I'm sure they could have made something happen that was interesting just to get the footage. So maybe they lost it. I don't know. It'd be really interesting to find out. I mean, one thing we know is they they never got close to them, but what was happening? There must have been something they could have used. Yeah, there was two weeks of the entire show missing. Yeah. It's very strange. Well, I guess they were just trying to make it better than the UK and we had a um, slightly odd edit for IO winning, so they've gone for a really bonkers edit for these guys winning. Yeah, but IO was more of a villainous edit. Yeah. A winner. yeah, yeah, yeah. But still unusual, unconventional winners edit. This, is, this isn't this is unconventional, it's just bizarre. Yeah, this is not unconventional by the, by the slightest. This is just insane mm. that they allowed one of their winning teams who... Arguably, they could have given a great story to of, oh, we're doing this for our three girls. Mm. They chose not to, and they chose to just basically turn them into the hunted version of Purple Kelly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And meanwhile, we've got how much positive footage of David and Emily, who ultimately get caught in a a really disappointing fashion, that actually didn't live up to expectation whatsoever. If, If we now look back and watch David and Emily's story. There's nothing there apart from the diversion with the rental car, really. That's it. Yeah, we felt like they they got this amazing hero edit, and they were clearly on for something special. Nope. So def- definitely a, a deliberate production idea to, to build them up and bury these guys. And I, I just can't fathom out the logic to that, really. But it's worse that then that misleads people like us to disregard Pennywise and Henry VIII. Yeah, I, I feel really bad yeah. that we've dismissed them. And like I said at, at the beginning of this, you know, that wasn't that wasn't a conscious decision. That that we were led to that conclusion. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so 
In the process of finding out that Lee and Helmar were staying with Topher from last week, uh, Not Blex wants an interview with him, and Henry decides to call Amber, to which I just have one word on my notes, which is, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I have, what the actual hell are you doing? <laughs> Seven question marks. <laughs> I've got I've got four exclamation marks and two question marks. <laughs> but, but again... I mean, if it's, if it's one burner... To a new burner, say it's a new burner that Amber has, then it's not terribly bad. But obviously they're going to find it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Obviously this whole conversation between Amber and her sister is totally fine because the hunters aren't cluing up on where the hell they've been for 14 days. Yeah, so I'm thinking, why do you keep calling your sister constantly? We knew three weeks ago you should not talk to your sister. God, take a a leaf out of Michelle's book. Don't talk to family. Yeah. Don't don't show any affection. It's weakness in Michelle's eyes. Just don't do it. (laughs) (sighs) I was just sitting there just thinking, do you want to get caught? Because this is how you get caught. Mm Mm-hmm. You idiots. Wouldn't it be funny in the same room watching this show? Oh, Michelle, you would you would love to watch this sort of program with me, genuinely. <laughs> oh, God. We need to do that. Maybe we need to get together and watch a show together. God, just... okay. Well, I'll just come on over there. <laughs> well, we could do it over a hangout or something. We could, we, there's ways and means yes. of, of Actually, watching Actually, yeah, we could, together. couldn't we? Yeah. yeah. It is a real shame that none of the amazing races airing when Logan's joining me because we genuinely would have a... We'd do a, a podcast record of just watching a show. Yeah, yeah, just stick a mic on. <laughs> but yeah, we need to make this happen. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just pick a show and we'll just watch it together and just laugh at each other's reactions to what's going on. I do know a show that is coming back in a few weeks, actually. Yeah? Michelle's favourite, Wild Things. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it's back, I think it's two weeks tomorrow. Maybe. Well, okay. The the date was announced earlier this week. I could be convinced to watch that. I love Wild Things so much. (laughs) It's one of my guilty pleasures along with them all. (laughs) And did you also notice that um, Buck has a flip phone? (laughs) Yeah, I think he's got one of David and Emily's surplus burner phones. He just picked it up at the side of the road somewhere. He's come straight out of Adele's Hello video. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is where it just descends into absolute smut. Because Sherlock says that he wants to make Lenny happy, <laughs> and then we just get dirty, dirty reactions. <laughs> I, I think you just got this out of your own brain here, Michael. I'm with you, Michelle. <laughs> I am the man responsible for the face screen clip, so I'm always looking out for smutty clips that I can then add in. Yeah. I didn't see any smut, Michelle. It's just clearly no. going on in Michael's head. I can't Michael's help myself. A worry. He's a worry. I am a worry and a problem. <laughs> it has been said before, Michelle, and it will be said again. I am an issue. <laughs> so anyway, so India get dispatched to Topher's house, right? Yep, and Topher accidentally tells them that the car that he lent them is grey. Or maybe yeah. beige, or maybe white. And he was, do- he was doing a great job as well, wasn't he? He was like, uh, they came uh, yesterday in... Uh, some kind of car. I don't know about car. I'm not a car guy. And um, and then they left. And that's it. And that's everything but, I have to say. <laughs> but he called it cream. His wife called it white. And in the end, they called it grey. What? 
I mean, I am the voice of experience on this, given that when we were buying t-shirts at the gig last night, I did have a little colorblind incident. <laughs> My brother said uh, that he wanted the purple t-shirt, and there was a, a blue light on the black t-shirt that made it look a bit purpley. Uh, okay. I am slightly colorblind anyway, but yeah, that, that was kind of mortifying. <laughs> why just call it red? Why, why call the car grey? I don't know. It's supposed to blatantly lie to them anyway. Yeah, but he, he tried. He didn't give too much in the end. It's only the way they could get the license plate of the car. You know, how could that possibly go wrong? Yeah, you know, screwing your friends over out of a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, it is interesting though, isn't it? Because we've seen this a few times. Once people are under pressure, they do tend to give away more than they think they are. Yeah, genuinely if you were on Hunted, you would need to prep yourself if you're on as a friend or family member. I think you're right. I think you need to write yourself a little script and just read it out. You know, like when people say, I have a pre-prepared statement to make when it's like politicians resigning and stuff. They need to do something like that. Because the minute they start to try and think and be clever, they're just giving stuff away all over the place. Although I suppose that is kind of the point of interviewing the friends and family is that they're supposed to break and accidentally say things. I suppose. And I would imagine they're quite nicely encouraged to say certain things. I wouldn't take that encouragement. <laughs> I would have my own script ready. That's because, Michelle, you would be on the run. That's true. <laughs> All these people. I do think that we need to get Michelle on a show just so we can podcast about it and about how awful her performance is. <laughs> Definitely. You'll be good. Yeah. I'm sure... Uh, do you like quiz shows, Michelle? I'm sure Ant can get you on one. No. I, you know what? I, I've won radio quizzes and, you know, 10 questions in a row and stuff like that. But I think on a TV show, I don't know. I think I'd falter. The radio mm. shows, I actually looked up a lot of random, random stuff before I rang to try and win. Um, so I had a hell of a lot of notes in case they asked me, you know, what month is Aries star sign in and, and rubbish like that. But, um, yeah, if I went on a TV show, I think it'd be a different story. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not so scary. It's all right. I've done it. It's okay. You get into it's the groove, right. though. Once, you're, once, you're, once you start getting answered questions, you stop thinking about the cameras. You still can identify a Grammy, though. That's true. This is very true. I did get lots of questions right as well. Yeah, but I like to focus on the ones you got wrong, Anne. Yeah, yeah. Of course you do. do. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a much more fun podcasting if I talk about the stuff you get wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, Anthony, if you can go on a TV show, you're one up on Michael. Well, yeah, and I'm it, half, exactly. half a bit up since I can go on lots of radio shows. So, it's, you know what? Michael can't say anything. I've been on way more radio shows than you have, Michelle. No, to win a competition? Yeah, but I've... Just chat. I've actually been on them. Yes, I understand. So have I. I've been on them. To win competitions. <laughs> no, to, uh, to like introduce national radio shows and that sort of thing. I understand. But you're not nervous doing that sort of thing. No, you're right. I think we need to make it our mission, Michelle, to get Michael on TV before the end of this year. Mm, how's that going to work? <laughs> I don't know. Strong encouragement is probably the answer. Look, I just, I just set the mission. How it happens, I don't know. We have minions, don't we? We can make this happen. <laughs> Maybe we can get Ant and Deck on the case. They've yeah. got a lot of shows, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Ant sets the mission and then nothing else matters. Exactly. <laughs> Total world peace. That's all I care about. So, back to the show, I guess. Yeah, now, I have an observation to make here. So, we, we have the scene where they go to Topher's house. 
Bearing in mind at this stage, Topher isn't really known to the hunters, so he's Chris, correct? Yeah. Cuts to Lenny saying, oh, the guys have been speaking to this Topher guy. Well, I think there's probably a step missing there, which is that they probably looked up Topher. Well, I think this is one of the many scenes that gets recorded after they've wrapped the main footage. Cut to confessional of Lenny talking about how that scene happened and how that played out. That's my viewpoint. Big allegation. It's not an allegation because it's not consequential, is it? It doesn't affect the outcome of the game. It's just a, it's just a cut scene. They've put something in. It's just timing. I just don't think that that happened immediately after that scene. I think that happened much later when they knew way more about who Topher was and probably had met him and been out for a beer with him, knowing how how well everybody seems to be getting on with each other. It would explain why we get the disclaimer at the end that certain things have been replicated or re-recorded that don't affect the outcome. Yeah, yeah, which is it's standard TV. It's, it, I think it's just a slip-up. I think he, he refers to him as Topher when he should at that stage be calling him Chris. Yeah. So Command do get the CCTV and the number plate, and then Pennywise and Henry VIII ask to camp in Martin's garden, and he rewards them with pizza. And how nice is he? I'm uh, If I'm ever lost in the middle of... South America, not South America, Southern America, I'm hoping I'm going to bump into people who not only let you pitch a tent in their garden, but also give you pizza. This sounds good. And then a car. And then give you a car. (laughs) It's like they opened the door to Oprah Winfrey and she was just like, you get a car, you get a car, everybody gets cars. It was crazy. I was looking at the women's faces that we, you you know, when they pan people and they obviously get them with the deadpan look and I'm thinking, they look slightly scary. And I was thinking, they're not going to give them anything. Those women are going to shove Stephen English out of that house so fast. And then they end up giving them everything. And I'm like, okay, I judged that really wrongly. Um, so I, I don't know if you saw it, but they did an exit interview this week with CBS. And um, they were saying that the call to Amber that we were talk, talked about earlier was a genuine call because they were so desperate. That's what they were going to do. And then it was only when these guys were so generous and basically gave them a get-out that they then decided to use the Amber Call as a diversion. So this is one hell of a lucky break. Yeah. They were very, very, very jammy. Really, really lucky. Do you think, uh, I don't know, do you think maybe this is just how their whole four weeks had gone and they just kept thinking, we can't show that. That's just They're just too lucky. This isn't right. Or was mm. just everything else just incredibly boring and this was the only time anything of interest happened? I think so. I think they were probably the least likely people ever to win Hunted. But only based on what we've seen. That's the thing. We, we have no idea how likely or unlikely they were. All we know is what we've been shown, and it, which is that she seems to be really emotional, detail-obsessed and all the rest of it. But spin that a different way, and you've got a meticulous planner with an eye for detail who's not going to put a foot wrong. It's all in the edit. They must have peed off someone in production because they got terrible edit. I think they must have done. That's my the only thing I could think is somebody hates them for some unknown reason. But we'll never know. Well, they've got a quarter of a million dollars, so I guess they're not too worried about it now. Uh, and Command do intercept the phone call between Henry and Amber. Sorry, Princess Amber. <laughs> and Alpha and Charlie are sent to intercept at the funeral home. Woohoo! Yeah. But more importantly, Lenny nearly confuses Buck and Griff. I didn't see that bit. He was talking to Buck and nearly called him Griff and then stopped himself at the (laughs) the last second or the other way around, I think it was. Uh, That's trouble with these alphas, they're all the same. But someone did point out, quite correctly, did this save Lee and Hilmar? Because all of the resources were sent to that funeral home 
and Leon Hilmar's ANPR hits got ignored. Yeah, and again, because you, you're never quite sure of exact timings, obviously we're narrowing it a lot down now because we know it's it's, it's within a day. Um, but I still don't get, at this stage, right, there's only two teams on the run. Why do you have to divert Alpha Team from going after Leon Hilmar to go after someone else when there's another eight teams out there? I have mm. no idea. And you knew where they were yesterday. So why, oh why, oh why, do we have to have that? It's just crazy. So yeah, maybe it did. Maybe that's what, what did it, because they, they diverted them and that gave them enough, in which case, more full you hunters, because you've wasted at least six of your hunter teams pretty much through the whole series. Unless the hunter teams are only on limited days, and mm. only Alpha and Charlie were actually available in that area on that day. I don't know why that would be the case, but I don't know. Just odd. Just very yes, strange. Yes, I agree. And this this kind of started the sequence that really, really annoyed me. And again, it's to do with their edit. Why did we need to see the scene of Henry VIII saying, oh, we need to make a diversion and send them off on a different track, basically setting up that the whole funeral home thing was, was a decoy from the outset. If they hadn't have put those scenes in, this would have been the Nick moment. This This is the gym. This is the imposter moment for them and it would have played out beautifully if we thought they were genuinely going to get caught at the funeral home that would have been an amazing scene yes no they tell us up front it's going to be a diversion totally ruined it it's really weird because with a different edit pennywise and henry the eighth could have been the new nick yeah exactly i was so annoyed more so after the episode had ended because obviously at this stage i didn't know they go on and win but when i when i rewatched. I just couldn't believe that they completely telegraphed that this is just a diversion. This would have been an amazing scene. It would have been hilarious. This would have been the moment for them. And we would have reacted to it in exactly the same way as we did with Nick's imposter. But it just fell flat because we knew it was all a ruse. And I feel so bad for some of the shade that we've thrown towards Pennywise and Henry VIII because of their awful edit. Yeah, and again, you know, more and more examples of it. Why do this? Why do this to the winners? Surely you want to make your winners look like geniuses, don't you? Genuinely is one of the worst and weirdest winners edits I've ever seen Yep. in 50 plus seasons of reality TV. Yep. And I am angry about uh, it. Yeah, it, it just really puzzles me. I'd love to get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ruse does end up working. And we do finally see Amber on camera as well. Yeah, and this time she doesn't tell him anything. They should have sent Sherlock in his white shirt and blue jeans. He would have got it. He would have got to the truth. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest disappointment of this finale, is the fact that Sherlock was not allowed to run in the streets of Atlanta and try and capture people. I know. He such loves doing sh- that. Such a shame. What but, I did uh, find annoying of that scene is that the, the people that went there, instead of um, Stephen English, they... Um, Instead of just saying, no, I don't know them, I can't divulge that, which basically means yes, which basically (laughs) means look for any car we own, watch any cell phone we own, please go away and do that. Yeah, they're they're really averse to telling lies in this show, aren't they? Can't they just say no? What is wrong with people? The difference is that it was the neighbours rather than Martin's wife. I know Martin's wife was in the car, but it was the neighbour who was speaking. Yeah, so just just say, no idea. No No idea who you're talking about. I haven't got a clue, mate. You might very well think that I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah, but I do like that she didn't divulge anything. God bless America. So anyway, 
Day 28. <laughs> and just because they're awesome, Lee and Hilmar decide to put on suits. Of course they put on suits. Because if, you, if you're going to withdraw 250 grand out of a bank, you put on a suit. Damn right you do. Oh, so good. It was like watching one of those, you know, Ocean's Eleven movies. <laughs> put on a suit, going to the bank. And I meant to mention this weeks and weeks and weeks ago, but they actually spoiled that Lee and Hilmar made it to the bank. Because in the opening scenes, there is the shot of Lee taking the money out. Yeah. And I was reasonably confident that it was Lee's, because it looked he looked like the only person who would wear that sort of plaid shirt. But yeah, also, yeah. I found out afterwards, they showed Hilmar's Fox shirt in that bank. Oh, okay. And the guys could not believe that it actually made it to the uh, opener. Because it spoiled that they made it to day 28. It's amazing, isn't it, when they put this stuff in and you just don't really notice. Your average viewer isn't going to see it. It's basically a mole-style clue, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, hiding stuff in TV is just awesome. Hiding stuff in any yeah. show is awesome, let's be honest. It, it is. I love I love it when you get that. Oh, you didn't see that coming. I can't believe you didn't see that. It's been there all along. Beautiful. And it's usually the most obvious things as well. Oh, yeah, completely. So, Patrick Stump's brother does have a brainwave. It could be a seaplane. So yeah. they narrow it down to basically the one place in Georgia that's can land a seaplane, and his gut reaction ends up being Blue Ridge and Blairsville, both of which are correct. Yeah, did anyone else buy that? That is yeah. a heavy bit of editing. Just a little bit. It, it was painful, that whole conversation of, so guys, we know they're, in, they're, they're going by air, so where could they be? Uh, airports? Heliports? Yeah, keep thinking, they're too obvious. Where else could it be? Where else could you take off that isn't a, an airport or a heliport? Maybe somewhere wet. Who knows? Oh, yeah, it could be a seaplane. You think? Having said that, the idea of them having to sneak back into downtown Atlanta and go to a skyscraper and get um, get a helicopter off the top of it would be awesome. You know what would have been the best thing ever is that they take off from command center roof. <laughs> That would be brilliant. Oh, that'd be so mean. (laughs) You just see a shot of Lee and Hilmar walking past the window and waving. Bye, guys! But yeah, this this scene I I found a little bit disappointing. So, you know, massive leap of faith to go for the seaplane. And then they happen to pinpoint the only two places that they're actually from. It's just... Too, too, laying it on too yeah. thick, way too thick. Give us a couple of possibilities. I also didn't like that they changed the way the UK does it, in that not everyone is going to the same place. Yeah, I don't like that. I want it to be an extraction point. Do you know what my? I think probably my favourite scene of all of the last UK series was when Nick and I meet up on the boat and, and have a hug. And it was just. I know. Wonderful. I love that. It was a. Great move. I mean, it would have taken away the amazing shot of Lee and Hilmar making it rain in a private jet. But still, they should have gone to the same place. And that might be due to timing. Because if they were being extracted on different days, maybe we wouldn't have been able to see that shot. Absolutely, yeah. Because day 28 is not necessarily the same day. No. Good point. That's my angling on why. Also explains how Team Alpha can be going after two of them at the same time without completely blowing it. Yeah. And I was a little bit confused when they started withdrawing the money, because that looked like real cash. It did look like real cash, in which case they must have had to hand it back the minute they got in the plane. However, it was not real cash. 
Uh, I asked you that, really? didn't I? Really? Yeah, I found out it's TV money. Ah, I told you. Ah. <laughs> I'm glad about that. Still, rather um, weird running down the street with a clear bag of cash. No, a clear bag was a bit over the top, wasn't it? Yeah, I think they probably chose to do that because they imagined the insurance on two pairs of people running down the streets of rural Georgia with bags of a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, a little bit risky. Uh, But they couldn't have let them keep the money anyway because the rules of these games are always you don't get paid until it airs. Yeah. Because anything can happen. And this is where I get really annoyed. Because the hunters getting the location and CCTV from the banks is not on. No, definitely. Even a little bit. That is just a purely bullshit TV move. Yeah, 100%. I'm very angry about it. Yeah, safety deposit boxes, that's the whole point of them. You can put stuff in there. You know, that's where laundered money ends up. That's where dodgy jewellery ends up. That's the whole point of a safety deposit box, is that it isn't tracked like that. That just does not happen. No, it is utterly, utterly bullshit. Yeah, I am with you on this one. Out of a an episode of wonky decisions from production, this is the wonkiest. Yeah. And pointless. It's completely pointless because they they know where they're heading now and the extraction point is with, you know, it's like 45 minutes at the most on foot from where they are. They don't need to, they don't need to know exactly that point. If they're heading to the right place, they're going to get them or they're not going to get them. It makes no difference. It's crazy. Why do they have to go on foot? It's annoying. That's the other thing because it is also bullshit that they got different distances. Yes. I agree with Did you. Did they? How long? How? What was a the difference? Double. Pennywise and Henry VIII, who are arguably the fitter pair, mm. as Lee, as much as I love him, he's not in as good a shape as everyone else who made it to the extraction points. They got an, a mile and a half from their bank to the seaplane place. Lee and Hilmar had three miles. Three miles, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And you're right. That's not fair. How Why? can that be fair? Yeah. In 110 degree Fahrenheit heat as well, because it was the middle of summer in Georgia. I'm wearing a but suit. How, but that's not fair, because if the hunters know when they take out the money, they're going to be driving to them as fast as they can. So why would one team have a ridiculously small amount to run if the other one has to do the longer run? I just... It's not fair. Exactly. It, it's just a wonky decision. And again, unnecessary, you know, why have you've got to make it on foot a rule in the last bit? These things annoy me that they have to be so over-the-top transparent. Look, just if that's what is going to happen, just set it up that they can't get a lift. Just don't, you know, have it in such a location there's no one around. This is a production company. They'll be shutting streets off and stuff anyway. So just don't let anybody give them a lift and just make them go on foot. Don't, Don't make it a rule and then make it so that one team has a massive disadvantage. It's rubbish. Arguably, though, had either team got caught because of this, I would have raised hell about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally unfair. This is me reserved about this, because I would have been so pissed off had someone got to a mile away from the extraction point and they got caught Mm -hmm. because of a stupid, irritating production decision. But what could have been cool is they'd say, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 50 grand to say you didn't make it in time. <laughs> They've got the cash. <laughs> yeah, but it's fake TV cash. Oh, damn it. <laughs> There's a flaw in my plan. I think someone probably read the brief for uh, Hunted and thought, hmm, their time on the run. Let's put them on the run at the end. 
literally. Uh, yeah, literal time on the run. See I think what, someone slightly misread it. <laughs> and yeah, Lee falls behind, which gives gives us my one bit of, oh no, they're going to get caught and I'm going to have to raise absolute annihilation on the production. No, I, uh, that was never going to happen. You didn't seriously think they were getting caught. No, but I was a little bit worried just thinking, is he going to, you know, suffer heat exhaustion and get caught because he's in a hospital? No, no. What it what it did do was give us that wonderful scene of Hillmark saying, I'm not leaving you behind, we've done this together, which was beautiful. Friendship goals. Yeah. Is all I have to say. <laughs> and Ri-Fi, the science guy, rings Pennywise and Henry VIII's pilot and gets a voicemail. What did he think was going to happen there <laughs> by ringing the pilot? I don't know if there's a rule in place that if they get the number of the pilot, they can stop the plane. Oh, I'd no. assume For not. For God's sake, they can't. Uh, that's crazy. I don't know what would have happened. I think going to voicemail is the best outcome all round, really. And why yes. did they have to show that? Uh, <laughs> Again, they, they it adds nothing to stuff. the story at all. But there's loads of that in this finale. You just don't show it. It doesn't matter. It's pointless. You're not going to catch them. And we do get one of the best CVS cliffhangers ever of Will Pennywise and Henry VIII get caught? No, no, not at all. The, ve- the engine's stalling as normal. <laughs> yeah, it was. that was a classic CVS one. But did you notice uh, Henry's headset? Uh, no. She put it on backwards. <laughs> it was corrected when they came back off commercial break, but she had it on backwards at the start. Brilliant. She's freaking out. And they do escape. They are the first team to escape in Hunted US. So, well done, guys. Yay. Yay. In a rare example of us being utterly shocked at something. Yep. Yeah. So many exclamation marks, question marks on my page. Definitely. And I did have to do a little bit of amazing race analysis here. Um, there is no way they got even close to catching them. You don't see anything approaching them in the same scene. No. Nothing like. Uh, they could have been hours away. And why were they going to have a plane that wouldn't work? As if. Don't that play that stupid card, CBS, crazy. really. It was awful. I mean, give it, oh. I, it's the only episode I've watched live, so I did actually get the ad break there, and it doesn't work. I kind of thought, oh, maybe if you've got two minutes to think about it, maybe you do think it it really is. No. The second they cut to it, I was like, well, that engine's starting when we come back then. And also, if the plane hadn't started, they still would have won. Because there is no way in hell that production can allow a faulty plane to stop a team escaping. No. That would Mm. be ridiculous. I would have got out and pushed the plane off the dock yeah. So that it was off the dock at least. Just floating in the, in the water. water. And pushed the plane yeah. off the dock. And in, in her defence, there are some great Henry VIII faces in her final confessional. Mm-hmm. I mean, final words are always very important anyway, but her faces were just wonderful in this. Yeah, she was um, She was certainly the, the lead character um, of this pair. I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss... Um, the way forward for this show and whether they'll stick with pairs or single players. But I think it's fair to say they pretty much did have a single player this year. But most importantly, Lee and Hilmar make their private jet and then they escape as well. Yes! (laughs) The worst kept secret for us ever. (laughs) Yeah. Because any time I have chatted to Lee, I've just been like, dude, you don't need to hide it from me. You're winning. He's like, wait and see. You never know what might happen. 
Yeah, we do. It's like a tale of two edits in this show. Yeah, they are the complete antithesis of each other. Yeah, maybe they thought, well, that's okay, it balances out. If we've got a really, really obvious winner edit, we'll just bury the other team so nobody knows. They did have a great winner's edit anyway, and they had the classic reality TV confessional of, oh, I'm doing this for my family, and it's just like, yeah, sign the check away now. Yeah, There's no point even going on the run. Always going to happen, but you never know. But they grew into one of my favourite teams ever, purely for the absolute gutsiness of some of their moves. Oh, yeah. Brilliant moves. Lee and Hilmar made this show. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, 100%. Hands down. There's not even any discussion of who is the best team of the season, because hands down, it is Lee and Hilmar. Mm-hmm. And how good is the final bit where they're throwing money around in that plane? Hilma with his suit on, looking just like Robbie Williams, just and looking like just ballers, chucking the money. And I'm thinking that that's pure movie scene. That yeah, it's awesome. And from what I've heard as well, as soon as they took off, Griff texted Beth to say, "Well done." Yeah, yeah, I read read this, and um, yeah. Griff, by the sound of things, is an absolute gentleman. Yeah, he's a top guy. Um, but her reaction was brilliant because her first thought was, is this just a ruse to, to get me to give them up by yeah, exactly. making me think <laughs> that it's over when actually it's still going, which I think is great thinking. Well done, Beth, for, for thinking that through. But yeah, he does seem like a really nice guy, Griff does. And um, apparently as soon as they won, Lee called her and said, well, we won, but there's this one scene referring to the 5K. And his understanding of her disappointment had nothing to do with the fact he could have been captured, but everything to do with her affinity for running. <laughs> Bless him. It feels like he's let her down because he couldn't do a 5k run. <laughs> I couldn't do a 5k run, especially not at 110 degrees and oh. wearing a suit. And carrying a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> I'd give it a go if you give me the money. I just love everything about the backstory of Lee and Elmer. <laughs> Yeah, they're just brilliant contestants. Just so good. Um, and I, I don't know whether it was explicit, but I, again, I read in an interview, I think Lee was approached, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, Lee was um, yes, approached was. With, with an email, subject TV show, I think it was, mm. saying they were looking for an escape room owner, and was he interested? Brilliant casting. Yeah, fa- whoever did that casting, give yourself a pat on the back, because that was amazing casting. And when we get to see Hunted crossing the borders, that would be cool, wouldn't it? He, he, those guys could go up against any of the UK fugitives. Yeah. I think we need a Hunted UK versus US. Definitely. Brilliant. Bring back the best the best US ones, so Lee and Hilmar, David and Emily, and Matt and Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, and Christi- with, with Matt and Christina's um... wig. That's, that's all that needs to come back. Mm. Don't, don't bring Matt and Christina, just a wig will do. Hybrid team, so bring over Flat Cap Charlie and bring over Buck and Griff. And... Yeah. We'll put them in Scandinavia where there's no contacts at all. There you go. Yay. Have fun. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hunters have nothing to go on. <laughs> Lee and Hilmar have hidden for 12 days in the tundra. <laughs> <laughs> and we end the episode with Teresa looking sad. Yeah, sad face. This is where we really could have done with the Blacks, because I thought, very disappointing. Not Blacks was pretty bad at wrapping it up. Yeah, very nice sentiment, but terrible at wrapping it up. Yeah. I think we have been spoiled by the fact that Blacks is the man, the myth, the legend. Indeed, we have. But also, in addition to my love of Lee and Hilmar, purely for them channeling Nick and Io in respective weeks, 
They also channeled Hamish and Michaela. Have you heard about this yet? No. They swam with dolphins. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Where did that happen? I saw, yeah, I saw that on his Instagram that he mentioned it. Yeah, but we didn't see it. It was in Augusta, Georgia at some point when they were on the run. They swam with dolphins. See, why are we not seeing that? That is banner material. Yeah. Get that on my screen now. You know why? Because the hunters are damn embarrassed that they allowed that to happen. Yeah. If we have water skiing, I want to see someone swim with dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity, guys. Totally. But I think that, that that's a good... It's a bit of a metaphor for how the two seasons are different, though, isn't it? Because in the UK, you would show that because that's more taunting the hunters. That's look how great the fugitives are and how terrible the hunters are. In the US, they they just seem to do anything to avoid making the fugitives look good. Yes. (laughs) Were you eating something there, (laughs) Mark? I'm eating the last bit of my chocolate tart because you were having a go at me because I wasn't quick enough at eating it. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard to talk with chocolate tart now. Yeah, it'd be like peanut butter. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're done. No, we're not. No, we're not. What do you mean? My I've God, got, I want to eat. We've got listener eat. questions. Yeah, we've got <laughs> listener questions and to eulogise the season yet, Michelle. Do we? And also, no we, we have some more information that I haven't divulged yet that I've been saving. We have listener questions. I've got eight listener questions. They are from the one person. but <laughs> And not just any person. Someone who helped one of the fugitives last year. Yeah. All right, go. Friend of the show, Sarah. Yay. I actually have them on a separate page on my notes. I do too. Because there's that that many of them. So she says, what will the UK production do differently based on the US version? Uh, Specifically, immediate ATM notifications. I'm sure the UK had these timelines. Staged approach to the extraction points with the website Bank and Exit. And more intelligent cyber analytics. Mm, I think... Working backwards from those, I I would be shocked if we don't see more cyber stuff in the next series. I think that was that is definitely going to happen. Genuinely, I think that Flat Cat Charlie will be asked over. I would love that. Please make that happen. Come on, Endemol Shine, do your thing. It would be just amazing. They may not like him as much as we do. No, they do. <laughs> How could you not like Flat Cap Charlie? He's the best. He's brilliant. He's so He sounds funny. English, Black Cat Charlie. <laughs> he would 100% fit in with everyone on the UK hunting team. Yeah, he would be superb. But even if he doesn't, I think definitely we will see much more cyber kind of um, security tactics and things like that from both sides. So I think we'll see fugitives using cleverer techniques. Um, a bit like IO did in the last series. So I think they'll be masking IP addresses with Tor browsers and all of that clever stuff. Um, but I think we'll see a lot more hunters using cyber technology uh, to track people down. And, and I would love if we see uh, the slave box again. That would be great. And on the subject of Flat Cap Charlie, he had a second operation running at the same time as Operation Cupid's Revenge. Hmm. Tell us more. Called Operation Meathead. Uh, where they targeted bars, uh, young people's hotspots on beaches, and things like that. Ah, okay. So there you are. There was a secret second operation. Ooh. Didn't make it to air because the, the first one worked. Yeah. Mm. And Sarah also says, what will the UK fugitives do differently? Uh, more taunts and more misinformation? Yes, please. Yeah. 100%. If it- Especially given the lack of respect that 
Brits have for authority generally. Yeah. Yep. If anyone listening ends up on the show, do it. Go for taunt, it. Taunt till the day ends. Yep. Remember that this is a TV show. Take inspiration from the King Wolves themselves and just taunt your way round 28 days. Absolutely. In fact, talk to Lee and Ilmar secretly, obviously, because you'll get in trouble if you get caught. Um, but find out, because there, there is more to come, I'm sure, of, of their story. Like, um, I believe their friend Lee cleared everything out of their house when they went on the run, so that all they left was the whiskey and, uh, and the glasses and, and books and art, I think he said. But everything else was gone. So there were no clues. No it, clues whatsoever. God, I love so those two. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, taunt them ridiculously. Um, anything like the Craigslist stunt, brilliant. Do that. Send them loads of inf- misinformation. Uh, I, would, I would love to see that. That would just be hilarious. And it will play out even better in the UK version. I'm absolutely sure of that. I'm sure that Lee would be perfectly happy if you slid into his DMs. <laughs> Ew. And Sarah's third question is, clearly the US has changed the extraction process in order to give the Hunters more of a chance and make the program more exciting. Uh, I still think the UK season two, they were given a tip off to narrow the field. I do too, Sarah. I liked the fugitives having money in their hands. It adds more tension and excitement, but uh, to do that, the UK would have to offer money for every successful fugitive and not a shared pot, and that would be a big budget change. It would be a big budget change, and... The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that the reason they did it that way in the US was so they could have different start and finish times. So I guess that would guide the decision. If they decide that, having thought about it, they want to have it, have it that way, um, which might be easier to film, might be easier to produce because they, they can split the resource more effectively, maybe that makes up for the fact that potentially they've got to give uh, more prize money away. But equally, if they make the extraction process harder then they might not have to give as many prizes away anyway because they've got a better chance of winning. Uh, sorry, not winning. Mm. got a better chance of catching them. But they would still be able to do it with the UK format because if everyone had to go to the same bank, there was just £100,000 waiting there and they had to put their share into a bag. Yeah, yeah. But, but how would you know what their share was? Because if they get caught after they've taken the cash, what would they do, give it back? Well, they would find out. Mm. So, for example, if two people made it there, or two pairs then they would say, can I have my share of the £100,000? And they would get given 50 grand each. And what happens then if they get caught after that? Well, then it goes out of play. Oh, okay. They just say the, the prize money is up to £100,000. Sherlock's bonus. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel an episode title coming on here. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah also says, why did the US not have any single fugitives? I didn't get that. I don't think it detracts from the narrative. And the answer, I think, is it doesn't detract from the narrative, but it does detract from the sort of footage they get. Because in the UK, we're much more used to them being able to talk directly to the camera. Mm-hmm. And the US was mm. leaning away from that and moving towards relationships between the people. Yeah, which which is just a production decision. I, I agree. I don't think it would have been any worse off for doing it. And I, I quite liked it. I thought it it gave a very different perspective. So you almost get into the mind of the fugitive when they're on their own because you can hear their thoughts because they're talking to the camera person. Um, and in reality, Pennywise was kind of a, an incidental character anyway. I think, I think Amber got more lines than Pennywise. Uh, she also says, I don't think the US made the most of the behavioural profiler, aka Dr. Max. Uh, some of the great and interesting Hunter stuff in the UK came from Dr. Donna and her profiling. Again, I agree. I thought Dr. Max was the most disappointing 
of all the command center. I, I thought he promised a lot and delivered little. I think he was underused, though. Well, that's what I mean. You know, it, it could have been he could have been an interesting character, but I don't think we heard anything of any note come from him. Yeah, from what I've seen of him on social media, despite his terrible taste in podcasts, he does seem to be quite entertaining. Yeah, I think he could have been a great character, but they just didn't use him. Um, Sarah says, uh, why did the US have so many hunters in command center? I don't think they had that many more than the UK. I don't know. They, it feels like they did. It feels yeah. like they did, but I think there was a lot in the UK we didn't get introduced to. Hmm. We didn't have an intern Simon in the US, did we? They didn't have an intern Simon. I, I think there was actually more people in the UK command center and less people in the UK ground teams. And you know what people kept having a go at on every platform of social media? Why are they wearing the same clothes for the entire <laughs> series? And the answer is so they can Franken edit things. Absolutely, 100%. Because, yeah, thinking of Dr. Max, he'd been making this joke on Twitter about whether or not he'd have a beard in each episode, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's absolutely why they're wearing the same clothes, because they've filmed this all over the shop. There are scenes just in no order whatsoever. There's definitely yeah. scenes where they've they've put together their investigation after they've after the things happened. I'm pretty sure of it. Did they not do this in the UK though? Um could well be. I don't think people change clothes in the UK. With the exception of Sherlock dressing in a white T shirt and jeans in both mm. series. I didn't actually notice the UK one. I don't think they did in the UK. I I don't think they changed. I'm fairly I'm fairly confident that Blacks always had a white shirt and a black tie. Yeah, Mm. they might have actually changed and just worn the same looking clothes. Mm. But the short answer is continuity, isn't it? Because they they're definitely filming things out of sequence. Oh yeah, it's 100 percent continuity. Sarah says, uh, will not Blacks return? Who's very disappointing in character and certainly no Blacks. I hope not. I don't think he will. I I think he is the new Brett. I think someone will take over, probably Teresa. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd endorse that. Yeah, I thought he was really, he he got worse as the season progressed. They just didn't show him. It it was very noticeable at the start of this episode that he just hung around and wasn't Mm. audible for two episodes. And he's supposed to be the boss. But Lenny was Lenny was making more decisions, and Sherlock was making more decisions, and Teresa was making more decisions that we saw. Yeah, and, and we saw Blacks get actively involved in things. He would be part of an investigation. He'd be taking calls, or he'd be talking to Julie about something. Whereas all we saw was not Blacks, just barking out, I want you to catch people. Well, yeah, that's that's the game, isn't it? Yeah. I think he was... Probably underused, but maybe for a good reason. And finally, did you notice in this episode how English said a lot of I and me when on the phone to Amber about getting me out and in her video diary? I'm sure she's a very nice person, but it was all about her and not us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice. I, I didn't explicitly notice, but clearly Pennywise was just tagging along for the ride. Might as, she might as well have been on the run on her own for for all the value he seemed to add. And... Now, the most important bit of the podcast and the bit we've been waiting for. What effect will this have on the UK, do we think? <sighs> uh, you know what? UK UK started it all. And in some respects, I still see UK as better anyway. So I don't know what they would take from from the US other than, you know, goading the hunters more. Mm. Flat cap Charlie style stuff, I think. 
some active cyber stuff. Um, but not a lot else, to be honest. I think in terms of quality, it slots right between the two UK ones. Yeah. I think yeah, it is yeah. basically UK series one and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a series that's found its footing. It knows it's a game show, and I'm not sure UK season one knew it was a game show. It was almost a pseudo-documentary. So it, it's had the benefit of understanding that it plays well as a game, but I don't think it's as developed as series two in the UK. I think there was also some hinky decisions which mm. held it back. Because I really, really enjoyed this season, and I think their casting was phenomenal in certain cases, Lane Hilmer. But we just had some duds at the start of the season, which does drag it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, bless them, but Troy and Shelley were always going to disappear into the woods. Mm-hmm. Angela and Michelle were dead walking yep. as soon as we saw them. But thankfully, they got rid of them very quickly. And I think that's probably why they did do the not chronological thing. Yeah. But that then sets us up to have a really weird edit for Pennywise and Henry VIII. Mm -hmm. So in making the production decision of, actually, we need to get these less interesting characters out of the way, we lose the story of the winners in one case. Yeah. It's just odd. Just just very weird. Um, They couldn't have done this if Lee and Hilmar had got caught. No, no. If, if, If they were sole winners we would definitely have seen a different story. And, and that's what I mean. It would be fascinating to see what actually happened and how they could have spun it. Cause there, there's always, you can spin it any way you want. You can edit it so that anybody looks how you want them to. I just don't know what the, what the incentive was to make them look the way they did. I, I just don't understand that at all. You, you know, the fact that there are other winners shouldn't take away all of their limelight. The UK one managed very, very well to balance two different winners' stories last year and make them interesting. And actually, they did a very good job with the first one as well. Martin and Stephen were a little bit under-edited, but they didn't disappear for 14 days. No, no. Yeah, and, and I know they they did have to do a little bit of monkeying around with the edit to make Io look more of a villain than he probably was and to make Nick look more of a hero than he probably was. I guess, I think probably the reality was they were both closer together in, in, the, in their style. But it worked. And and it gave that real difference, you know, and, and we still were rooting for both of them, but in different ways. And, and that worked for me. I just don't know why you would set out to have a winner of a show and make it so the audience has zero in, interest in them winning. Exactly. There was there was no interest except, you know, some, some uh, women were saying, oh, I want them to win for their kids. But otherwise, uh, no one was saying anything about them. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me, and I had a feeling that Pennywise and Henry VIII were probably bigger than we thought, purely from the fact they were so active on social media. Yeah, there was that, and the fact that why else would they come in halfway through the series? It just didn't make sense. If they weren't, if their story wasn't going anywhere, it didn't make sense to hold them back. But it, it, even with all of that, uh, it just wasn't enough to, to be a compelling story. It's just a disappointing ending in terms of them just... It's obviously an active decision Mm -hmm. on production's part to do this. I just don't understand why. No. So let's hope they learn from it. And and in season two, we don't get weirdness like that. I think think this 
sets us up for what could be a really interesting second season because they will have now established the audience. I noticed that the criticisms were starting to disappear as as the series went on and people were either tuning out or or getting on board with it. So I think it could it could definitely do well. I mean, don't get me wrong, this isn't Amazing Race Canada where I point blank say I'm not even podcasting about next season. I want a podcast about season two of Huntsy US. Mm-hmm. I just need them to change and do things slightly better. Yeah. Well, they're still asking for teams of two. They're not asking for individuals. Yeah, and they just need to look across to the UK, maybe even ask Sherlock what worked, or maybe ask us what worked. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> we are the original Hunted podcast, and we're the ones that have been talking about this for two seasons now. So we know what works, we know what doesn't. So maybe just ask us. Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm sure Michael will give our Twitter handles at the end of the podcast. Just take a, take a few threes off Michelle's and you'll get there. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. A few hundred threes. <laughs> and one last little piece of information that I did find out is that Leon Hilmar did two and a half thousand miles mm. in 28 days. Yeah, I saw that on their Instagram. Incredible. I love the map they did. That is mm. ridiculous. It is. It is. And, and at no point were the hunters close to them, I don't think. The closest that the hunters came to them was when Griff was taking the, the video of, guys, we just missed them. Mm. I think they were probably five to ten minutes behind then. Yeah, maybe, at best. Probably in part due to the fact that they had a three-mile run. If we believe that, because, you know, you can point a phone at the sky and then cut to a shot of a plane and say, oh, look, they just got away. They could have been hours away. And one other question as well. I'm assuming that the planes didn't actually leave the hunt area, really. They just did a loop. I think they pretty much landed straight back down. Yeah, probably. It just signals the end of the game, doesn't it? Yeah, because I am I think that picture of Griff with Lee and Hilmar was probably taken about five minutes after they flew. Yeah. Yes, they just came straight back down. Yeah. Can I just say, Lee running, running to the plane... That's me in all the races I do, right? I'm just so gung-ho. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. And I get like halfway and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I sit on the floor and I'm like, ah. Michelle, how are you going to do survivor challenges if you can't run? No, I can't run length of time. You know, when I have to do runs around Sydney, I can't run for a long time. But I can do things like obstacle courses and, and stuff like that. I love obstacle courses. (laughs) <laughs> well, you would be very good at Survivor, Michelle, and any Australian Survivor producers who are listening, give Michelle a call. You know you want to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she would cut anyone, including her family, to win the prize. There you go. There you go. You got another one in before the end. Yay. Doing well. <laughs> it's funny. Hey, you know what would be funny? If us three went over to America and tried to do Lee's escape room. That would be awesome. And we, we have floated the idea with Lee. Would you think... Yeah. That he would make it harder for us. Yes. To get uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> Send in food. Yeah. I've entered his competition oh. and everything. So have I. <laughs> um, it I was surprisingly easy to find that, that advert. <laughs> <laughs> so, have we got any final thoughts for this season? Uh, or are we letting Michelle have some food now? No, let's keep talking for a few more hours. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, my final thoughts are, do you know what? This was... About as good as I think season one could be. I think they did a fantastic job. A fantastic job of not screwing up a brilliant franchise. Yeah, and I would 
like to express my sincere thanks to everyone who has got in contact with us about this podcast because it has been genuinely one of the best seasons to cover yeah in terms of the response we've had i've had a an absolute ball covering this season yeah yeah despite yeah. michelle's presence <laughs> it's it's it's, it's certainly interesting that um how engaging contestants and fans of this show are on both sides of the atlantic I love the response that Hunted seems to get on social media and that Hunted podcasts get on social media. And despite what certain people think, there is enough of this love to share around. Yeah. But the fact that we can, three weirdos from around the world, (laughs) with the exception of me, so I'll add Logan in there as well. (laughs) I was about to say. So, with the fact that two weirdos and me can cover this show. and cover it and get such a fun response and a fun time chatting with everyone about it just makes me very happy. Yeah. Because certain series that we cover, The Apprentice, don't get very good responses necessarily. So it's nice to have a hunted in there occasionally that just makes me genuinely excited every week to to cover it. And actually genuinely excited every time my phone pings and I get a tweet from someone involved in production just going, Love the podcast. Hate what you said about us, but love the podcast. Yeah. No, it it makes it all worthwhile. So thank you, everybody who's helped us out, really, and uh, and made this what it is. Yeah. And I think it, it's about time we push Hunted into cryogenic storage for a few months, maybe. Yeah, it looks that way. It does. Unless something changes. And let me sleep in on my Sunday mornings. Yeah, Michelle's going to get a, a wonderful lion. And oh. I, I'm going to travel a little bit and otherwise i guess this will be the last podcast till april i think it probably will unless of course we come back for a special hunted podcast Hmm. yeah who knows so anyone listening has got something to talk about give us a show literally anyone involved in production please (laughs) yeah we're we're not picky (laughs) (laughs) anyone who no one else can get preferably but you know we'll take anyone so with that, thank you for listening all season to the Your Time in the Run podcast. You can join Logan and I, I'm assuming, at some point early in April to cover Amazing Race 29. It's finally back. And we will be doing a preview at some point in early April, I think. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, or on our Twitter, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter accounts, MJ Armstrong for me, Bulls Boy for Anthony. And bear from Michelle. It's a song. It is. And with that, for the final time this season, your time in the run is over. Bye, everybody, and uh, feel free to follow me. I might not be actively involved in Amazing Race, but you will at least get to find out whether my favourite team comes fourth or eleventh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Still hunting for that perfect combination of food, drink and entertainment? Well, try Bar 836. We now offer great food and drink deals. And from Monday the 20th of March, we have our daily quiz Monday to Friday featuring legendary host Matt. All right, 836, the perfect combination. That's Bar 836, Trafford Road, Manchester, near Media City, UK. Open seven days a week, 12 till 12.